Hello, my loves. Welcome to another episode of the With Love from Liv podcast. My name is, of course, Liv, and I love that you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in and for all of the support that I have been getting, especially last week's episode. I have seen a huge amount of reshares, comments, people reaching out to me, and I'm honestly just so, so glad that this is resonating with you. I love talking about self-image because honestly, it has just become apparent as a person, as a coach, as a mentor, everything that self-image is at the root of everything in your life. And um, so I'm excited to bring you this second episode to just really help you cultivate a positive self-image. And um, this is actually something that I work on very hard myself. Um, And, you know, over the years, I have struggled a lot, a lot with self-worth and self-esteem, right? (laughs) And the reason why I have struggled so much is because it took me a really long time to understand the unconscious ego self-image. And like when I started to kind of first be aware of it um, was probably when I was like 21, 22, 23 maybe. Um, So, I mean, I I was a little bit older. Um, I mean, 23 is not really that old, but like... Um, But that was when I first started to get curious around, okay, well, why do I keep dating the same types of guys? Why do I keep having the same life experiences? I'm not kidding you. From the ages of 19 to 22, I think, I crashed a car every single year. And I was like, why does this keep happening? And I was also in a pattern of being able to hold down a job and just kind of having, like I mentioned, the same dating experiences. And I was caught in this loop. And so about 23, like I mentioned, is when I started to get analytical of that and curious around it. But I also at the time didn't have the emotional wherewithal to be loving towards myself and to heal. Um, I didn't have any resources. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have any um, like people who could guide me towards healing pieces of my self-image in the way that I needed um, just because that that wasn't the space that I operated in. I thought that a lot of like talk about manifestation and um, ego, ego self, like all of these kind of buzzwords. I I thought it was all just nothing, right? I was like, that's, that's not real, whatever. I just didn't give it any sort of credence. And, um, and at that time, I was still like, anti therapy, I was uh, very much hyper independent. And by the way, if you don't know, if you are super, super, super independent, and you're in a place where you almost can't let anyone help you. I hate to break this to you, but it 
it's not noble. Um, that is a defense mechanism. That is a call for help. If I have ever heard it, let somebody help you, please. Okay. Speaking from experience. Um, and, uh, so at the time I, I started to get like a little bit aware of my ego self of my unconscious ego self. And, um, and I just started looking at, you know, I was doing like kind of online research or whatever. Um, and I was way, way, way too, um, scared to ask anybody for help. And so, um, I was researching stuff and I was seeing a lot of like, you know, what you form in childhood and whatever. And so I started to look back at my childhood, but I couldn't do so subjectively um, because I was being almost too logical about it <laughs> um, to just make that make sense to you. Um, so I had a pattern of acting out in a fear of abandonment. Okay. So I used to sabotage relationships with men, um, specifically always with older men. I always, always dated older guys, uh, for as long as I can remember dating. Um, and I would sabotage those relationships and I did it because I had this deep rooted fear of abandonment. And when I tried to look subjectively at my childhood to kind of see where that came from. And by the way, um, it took me a long time even to get to that point because I thought, well, I just have this fear of abandonment because I keep experiencing breakups and dating. I keep experiencing like um, the same type of experience in dating. That's where it's coming from. Sorry, but <laughs> whatever you experience in dating, that's not cultivating or, or that's not the origination of the, the root cause, right? Um, so the root cause of how you act in dating, why you act the way you do in dating stems always from childhood. You only perpetuate it and validate it and reinforce it as you date as an adult. Um, and, and this was a hard concept for me to grasp because, um, because like from a very, like I said, logical standpoint, I had a really, really good childhood. Um, and so I couldn't pinpoint anything and say, yes, like my parents abandoned me somewhere. So that's where this fear comes from, right? So, so there was kind of a block there because I couldn't pinpoint logically where I got abandoned. And so that was still coming up. That was still becoming this reality for me that, you know, 23, 24, 25, um, I was still sabotaging. I was still getting abandoned. Um, and so honestly, like, yeah, I, I have several mentors, by the way, like my healing journey is multi-dimensional. Um, and I, and I don't mean that in like a sci-fi way. <laughs> I mean, like I have several healing modalities that, that I 
cultivate all at the same time. So yeah, like I have a, a business coach and mentor. I also have a therapy coach. Um, and I have a, uh, like a massage therapist. Um, I have a chiropractor and I have a body talk therapist, which if you don't know, body talk is super, super cool. Um, I won't get into it in this podcast because you guys are going to think I'm off the wall, but look into it. Um, so the point is that I have now an arsenal of mentors, of um, of people and authorities who I can um, kind of give things to and they can help me work through it, right? And um, only when I started asking for help, which again, I couldn't do for a long time. And that was because I was too scared. And I thought that I had to do it on my own because um, if I didn't, I would be let down and, you know, whatever. Um, and so it wasn't until I got to ultimately this space that I'm in now where I could, I could say, okay, like, like, I don't get it. I don't get how I had a really good childhood, but I have like all these messed up ideas about dating, right? Um, it was so, so frustrating. And um, and it has been through several of my mentors um, that I could finally come to the grasp and understanding that, yes, logically, I did not have anything in my childhood that supports this fear of abandonment, but obviously I have it. That's why I keep acting it out. And so um, I had to not only look at, okay, where in my childhood could this have come from? But also I had to give myself grace to say, okay, so maybe logically I was never abandoned, but somewhere as a little kid, I perceived abandonment. Okay, that was a misconception. I was never and have never actually been abandoned by my parents, right? Um, however, I perceived abandonment um, in, in one specific situation. And because of that situation, I grew up with this fear ingrained in me as quote unquote part of my personality. Um, and so I was acting it out again and again and again with the guys that I would date, right? So I'm validating it and I'm saying, yes, I am someone who gets abandoned. Um, and what's interesting to note here is that the subconscious ego self or the unconscious, I should say, ego self is also what you believe your personality is, okay? But in in like all reality or i guess beyond reality personality doesn't actually exist because everything is just perception okay so so everything that you believe is your personality and you say oh well i act this way because that's how i was born that's how i am that's just who i am i can't change it right um well that's only going to be true as long as you perceive yourself that way. But when you stop perceiving yourself in a certain way, then 
that actually no longer becomes a personality trait, right? Um, and and I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking to you from someone who acted out abandonment for years with the guys that I was dating until I could see, okay, as a child, here's where I believed I got abandoned. Um, and, and it was small scale, but you know, when you're six, then it feels like a huge thing. And so, um, so I had internalized that and I had been someone who gets abandoned. And, and I saw that not just in dating, I saw it also with friends. I, I actually had a really hard time keeping friends um, for a while. And, and it was because I had this perceived personality trait of uh, that I am someone who gets abandoned, which would then compel my behavior to act out in ways that people would abandon me, right? So, so because of a perception that I created um, from childhood, which yes, like it, it wasn't a real event. It wasn't really what happened. I mean, it was a real event, but it wasn't really what was going on. It was just how I perceived it. And, and that's how I then internalized it and, and saw myself within it. And so that became a part of me, but I couldn't heal that through kind of logically saying, okay, well, there's nothing in my childhood that validates being abandoned. So I didn't get abandoned. So that's not real. So I can just stop, right? That in and of itself is an act of abandonment, by the way. Um, when you try to cast off personality traits, um, quirks, uh, you know, whatever pieces of you, and um, and you don't make space for all of you, then actually what happens is you create more of that personality trait. Um, and, and it grows in your life in kind of ugly ways and ways that you may not even be um, really conscious of. But like I said, um, just <laughs> backtracking, um, when I first started this work and I was first just getting curious at 23, then when I logically said, okay, there's nothing in my childhood that supports the feeling of abandonment. So I can't believe that I will be abandoned. Then that wasn't healing that feeling. Okay. It wasn't seeing what I saw as a little kid and validating it. It was just ignoring it and burying it. And through trying to bury it, I made it worse. Okay. I just exacerbated it. Um, and some people call this shadow work, um, where you have to actually look at the pieces of yourself that you've tried to discard, you've tried to bury, you've tried to walk away from, you've tried to ignore, whatever. Um, those are, are typically your shadows. And, um, and they're just kind of the, the dark parts of you that, uh, that need to be loved, that need to be integrated. Okay. And you can't integrate something if you're ignoring it, that doesn't solve anything. Okay. And unfortunately it took me a really long time to understand that. But when I did, 
then I could actually, okay, and this is where I talk about um, collapsing your timeline, right? Um, and if you follow me on TikTok, then I've been talking a lot about quantum dating. Um, and basically, that just means dating from a place of actually collapsing your your past with your present and your future. Um, and, and what I mean by that is I had to actually go back in time and, and see, okay, um, this is where I created the perception of abandonment. And while as an adult, I can logically say I didn't get abandoned, I still have to hold space for and love the little kid who perceived it as abandonment. I still have to nurture her. I still have to see her. I still have to validate her. Um, and this is where I honestly use the atonement and the power of Christ. Um, because then I can say, okay, this, this was just a misunderstanding, but it was a misunderstanding that drew a lot of meaning for me. And that then had this major impact in my life for so long. And I not only have to heal that little girl who, who perceived something incorrectly just because I'm a human, just because I was a little kid. And I also have to go through and heal where I acted it out as an adult. And um, until you heal something from your past, it's going to keep showing up as an adult. Um, and, and when it does, okay, so silver lining here. When something shows up as a past pattern, when you're an adult and you become conscious of it, then you actually have this really beautiful and, and profound moment to create a miracle. Okay. So when you become conscious of, you know, like something sets you off and you feel yourself start to get reactive, but you pause and you can say, oh, okay, this is really, really getting to me because of this perception and this identity that I created as a little kid in relation to this one person, event, or experience. I can see why I did that. I can see how I, I could have created that perception. I can see how I have tried for years to heal that perception by perpetuating the experience. And right now in this moment, I choose not to react as I've always reacted, but to respond from a place of who I want to be instead. So um, when I was dating my husband, I know that I've told this story many times, but um, but we had a big miscommunication, which happened to me a lot in dating, especially around the DTR thing. Um, and I would think that we were having one conversation and he would think we were having another conversation. And then that's where things would constantly fall apart. Um, and I and I had this kind of childhood wound with communication. Um, so that was another one, right? And so um, 
So when that happened with my husband, when I thought we DTR'd and he didn't, then I could have gotten really reactive and embarrassed and and walked away and been like, oh my gosh, like I need to get out of here. This is over. I, I don't know how to bridge this. I don't know how to communicate through this. Like it's done, whatever. That's historically my pattern. Okay. So that's my past. And instead, when I became conscious of this past um, and this perception of that's how I am, where the perception came from, and then I could pause and say, okay, this is why I created that perception. It's a misunderstanding. I don't have to keep acting this way. And so instead, now I choose to communicate through it. I choose to say, okay, my bad. I thought that we said something that we clearly didn't say. Um, Where are you at? And here's where I'm at. And that vulnerability and that openness to create something new, to have a new outcome instead of just bailing like I always did, that's where I healed my past. And I didn't see it come up again, obviously, because <laughs> we got married, right? So so I never had to have a DTR again. And, and that's how I collapsed my timeline. And I said, okay, so past me reacts in this way, but future me wants to be in a relationship. Future me wants to be able to communicate. Future me wants to be able to be vulnerable. So I have to choose to communicate and be open and vulnerable in this moment. And it's very, very conscious. And at the same time, I ask for forgiveness and healing for all of the times that I didn't do this, all of the times that I messed up. Like, Jesus, take the wheel, right? Like, please heal me from this. And then I was healed from it. And this concept is so powerful. It is so transformational. And and being able to work with so many clients and myself on self-image in this way um, and, and saying, okay, this is who I've always been. This is how I've believed myself to be. But that's incongruent with my divine identity. So here's how I can perceive myself to be in relation to my divine identity because right you can only create perception from relation um then that's how i healed my past and i brought my future into my present all at the same time right and in case this isn't um blowing your mind (laughs) um i hear a lot of coaches that will say um there's no such thing as overnight success. There's no such thing as instant results. Um, and, you know, that's just not like reasonable, logical, whatever. And, and that's absolutely true. It is not reasonable and it is not logical. And through the power of faith, it actually is possible. It is possible to change in an instant because of the power of Jesus Christ. And um, we see this through uh, so many stories 
in the Bible around um, when Jesus healed the man's eyes, it wasn't a process. It wasn't like Jesus was like, okay, blind man, um, do these affirmations for several weeks and do these exercises and um, try this and try that. And then in six months, your eyesight's going to be better. He literally healed him in an instant. And you can do that. You can do that with your self-image. You can heal yourself in a literal instant. That is the power of the atonement. And and that's a, a dynamic that I think is um, kind of unique, <laughs> like, just to be totally honest, um, that I think that I personally bring as a coach um, is I operate in the space of utilizing the atonement and knowing how to cultivate miracles. Um, this cultivating miracles in the scientific community, it's called quantum leaping. Um, and it's basically like with the blind man um, where he went from being completely blind to total sight. Right. And I mean, the Bible, of course, doesn't really say like maybe his eyesight's a little blurry or whatever, but but I'm I'm assuming based on my experiences, having many quantum leaps, having witnessed and invited many miracles, um, that there doesn't always have to be this long, arduous in-between process between the where you are right now and where you want to be. Um, and what I always tell my clients is clients is the only thing that exists in the space between what you want and actually having it is not time. Okay. It's not hard work. It is whatever is required of you to believe in full faith that you are changed. And yeah, for some people, that does take a while. For some people, that does take a lot of introspection, a lot of um, un... Uh, what's the word? Um, like deprogramming, a lot of unpacking, a lot of, uh, of deconstructing that old self-image. But when you know how to deconstruct alchemize and then reconstruct your self-image. Um, and, and by alchemize, I truly mean seeing a, a piece of you from your unconscious ego self-image and changing it in an instant from something negative about you to something positive about you, um, then yes, miracles can happen for you in the blink of an eye. I have seen it in my own life and in the lives of my clients. Um, it's it's truly incredible and it's frankly indescribable. Um, but for sure, that's not always the case, but it is possible when you stop dealing in the realm of possibility, right? Um, so, so a lot of people would say, well, it's just not possible to regain your sight if you've been blind your whole life in an instant. It's not, it's not logical. It's not realistic. It's not feasible. And if you're operating in the world of reality, then you're right. 
But once you extend yourself beyond reality and you operate within the realm of God's power, then time doesn't exist. Um, work doesn't exist. It is everything is a God centered or a godly perspective, right? Um, and and this is ultimately where I direct everyone when they're reconstructing their self-image um, and they get kind of lost between, um, you know, how do I, how do I reconstruct my self-image so that it's something that ultimately serves me? And um, how do I know if like my will is aligned with God's will? Because your image directs your will, right? Um, then I ask this question. I ask, is the self-image that you are consciously and intentionally creating aligned with your highest purpose, with your greatest potential, with your godhood, ultimately, right? Um, because God has promised us worlds without end. God has told us that our potential is eternal increase. It is mansions on high. It is creation beyond human understanding, right? And so God's will for each and every one of us is eternal increase, right? It's it's not like so complicated. Um, and, and it's so like <laughs> kind of funny to me and I don't mean this to be condescending at all um, because I struggled with it too. But, but I have so many people that are like, well, how do I know what's God's will? Well, he tells us all the time. It's eternal increase, right? It's exaltation. God's will for us is exaltation. Um, and if you want to align with God's will for us and, and receive exaltation, then it is incumbent on you to cast off the natural perceptions that cause you to be smaller than you are, that cause you to be insecure, that cause you to self-sabotage, that cause you to see yourself and believe about yourself that you are this deeply flawed, unlovable person um, who only gets so much, and to start crafting intentionally and consciously an image of yourself that is aligned with someone who is a god. If your self-image, as you hold it right now, does not allow you to have every possible luxury of life, every possible creation, power, whatever imaginable, then you are selling yourself short. And that's just it. If your self-image, if your will for yourself, if what you're wanting is less than your eternal increase, then you are out of alignment. And that's the only question that you ever have to ask yourself. What's God's will for me? What do I do in this situation? Well, do what gives you the most life. Do what gives you eternal increase. Do what provides you the fullest experience and go for that. Do that. Be 
that create an image about yourself that you can do anything, you can have anything, you can be anything, and know that no matter how much space you choose to take up, no matter how brightly you shine, no matter how much love you want to have or give, and guys, listen, I want to be frank here, no matter how much money you want for yourself, it doesn't ever, ever, ever take away from someone else. Nothing about what you get to have, receive, be, or dream of, or anything ever takes away from someone else when you are operating from a place of eternal increase, okay? And I I see this very, very often with saints as they think that um, they have to just be content with their needs being met because then they're humble, then they're grateful, then they're not selfish, they're not putting their heart upon the riches of the world and like blah, blah, blah. And I'm just going to be really, really, really frank. I think that's an excuse that people use because they're afraid of facing themselves. They're afraid of asking themselves, why am I settling? Why am I seeing myself as smaller than God created me to be? Why am I okay having less than eternal increase? Because guess what? All of those promises that that we have been promised, they don't start after we die. They start here. They start in our earth life. Okay? So guess what? It is not only okay, it's not only good, but it is your divine potential to be loved fully, to be an, in a relationship that lasts forever, to be insanely wealthy, to live somewhere where you want to live, whether that is a state you want to live in, whether that is a house you want to live in, whether like it doesn't matter. You get to have everything that you want and more and you will and you can have it faster than is even within the human comprehension when you can start to craft an image of yourself that is congruent with your godhood. Okay. This episode um, is just a little bit longer than normal because I am really, really fired up about this. Um, And I honestly, it like kills me as a coach and as a person when I see people settling because they're afraid. They're afraid of themselves. Um, They're afraid of facing their past. They're afraid of facing their their childhood. They're afraid of not hiding behind their own excuses. Um, and I get it. It's, it's really hard. Um, and I honestly do not recommend that you go on this journey alone. I have many mentors. I have many modalities for healing and for... Um, changing and for 
you know, like building a mindset, keeping my body healthy, like all of that. Um, And I absolutely encourage you to do the same. And if you want to do it with me personally, then I want to invite you to my retreat. This is what I'm teaching, but I'm teaching it to you specifically. Like it's not just going to be in a broadcast that that goes out to the ether, right? I'm going to work with you on your self-image and we're going to deconstruct it. And then we're going to love, we're going to see, we're going to heal the parts of you that keep you small, that keep you in your feedback loops, that keep you self-sabotaging. And then we're going to create a new self-image. And we're going to create a self-image based on your divine identity. And then you're going to see miracles. You absolutely are. I have witnessed it so many times. And I I love doing this work with my clients. I love teaching people how much control they have over miracles in their day-to-day life. Um, how time doesn't have to exist in the world of self-development and in in the premise of receiving blessings. And I want to share that with you. I want to teach it to you so that not only you can heal and you can get into this space of receiving everything you've ever wanted and more, but also with the intention that when you learn it, you go share it with other people. You go and and start showing people where they're settling if they're open to it and um and honestly this isn't even like you know like you leave the retreat and then you go tell your friends hey look at all these places you're settling right it's it's this very very natural snowball effect that when you start to shine brighter than you've ever shined because you are anchored to your divine identity in a way that you just never have before, then that light acts as a beacon for other people. People are going to literally be drawn to you like moths to a flame because they're going to be like, why does that person shine so brightly? And yes, some people may be like turned off by that. They may be like, like to, to set in their own stories to be open to it for now. But the people who are ready to change their stories, the people who are ready to shift their identities, they are going to ask you how you do it. And you are going to be able to teach them. You're going to be able to show them. And that's how we light up the world, right? This is a work that I think and have always believed is so far beyond just me. I think it's so far beyond just singles. I think it's so far beyond the church. It it th- like this is the work of healing. This is the work of love, right? And I I think that because saints are already utilizing the atonement in such a regular and beautiful way, um not that other people cannot do this, but but there is a a connection there um, that I have seen shift really, really quickly for people. Um, like it 
it tends to make a lot of sense when you're already someone who's constantly calling upon the healing power of the atonement, right? That's all I'm trying to say. Um, so if you are listening to this and you are like, yes, there's so much more for me. There's so much more that I can share and give and love towards other people. Then go to the show notes, sign up for the wait list. You'll get an application. Um, we do have to keep the retreat limited because the nature of what we're doing is so um, like energy intensive that even between three coaches, um, we have to limit our capacity um, so that the people who who do get elected to attend, um, they they truly have the life changing and miraculous shifts that we as coaches, me, Kenny and Jaden, have been able to already bring to our clients and we're bringing it to you in a single weekend. So you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a one of a kind experience. And this is a weekend retreat of miracles. Okay. I hope to see you there. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.